Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. Hello, welcome to episode 51 of the PHP Town Hall. Today you have just me, Ben Edmonds, and my buddy Phil Sturgeon. Hello. Oh, phones. Phil! Sorry. I'm a noob. It's my first first podcast. Alright, uh, so we are on Twitter, either either their handles or PHP Town Hall, and if you want to ask any questions, go ahead and feel free to ask it there. We would take it in the stream, but I have no idea how this new YouTube live shit works. Yeah, we've just switched from Google Hangouts to YouTube live streaming, and YouTube live streaming was like a side product of using Google Hangouts, but now it's you have to do it through that, and we have, there's software and there's buttons and we're scared. Yeah. Oof. Everyone, check all the phones, <laughs> yeah, check all the so tweets, what's happening? If we're down on our phones a bunch, it's not because we hate you, even though we do. It's because we're checking for notifications. Yeah, okay, we got it. So there's our first stream, and we were a bit confused before, and I think basically it was just a black screen for a while, and then we got it working, and it was just us bickering on camera for about 20 minutes. So uh, now, now we're all set and ready to record. All right, uh, let's jump in. So I guess first off, let's start off with like what's new, what's going on. So Phil, what's yeah. new in your world? You changed jobs since our last episode, I believe. Oh yeah. So yeah, the last episode was six months ago, which is roughly when I was starting a new job. Um, so I now work for WeWork, which is another Rails-based job. Um, so WeWork, for anyone that doesn't know, is like an office management company, which sounds really boring. Um, but it realistically, it's like a, a co-working space provider, and they. They host a whole bunch of uh, larger companies, smaller companies, startups, and you can go there and network with people, and there's lots of wood and open plan cool stuff and free beer, and it's it's a way for startups to, to kind of uh, have an office space without having to buy a 12-month lease, because who knows if the startup's even going to exist in three months. So um, it's a cool place, and I am on uh, one of the back-end teams, helping them build APIs and document them and do stuff, but I'm also uh, a full stack engineer at the moment. They've got me doing a lot of React, and it's been an interesting six months of, of an old dog trying to learn new tricks, basically. Uh, yeah, so who made the brilliant decision to put you on front end? Well, it was kind of funny, because they were hiring a lot of people at the same time. WeWork in the last year has gone from having like 33 engineers to, uh, to uh, having like 89. We added 55 oh, wow. last year, those numbers in one. Oh, in, in, in one in year, uh, yeah. Um, oh. Oh, a, a few of them are in Tel Aviv. We have a Tel Aviv okay. office and a, and a New York office, but the majority is in uh, New York. And, and so it more than doubled. So it's been kind of mad and there was a lot of hiring going on. So they didn't um, they didn't really remember. Like they hired me and they were like, you're a PHP guy, right? You need, to, uh, you need to spend a bit of time learning, getting comfortable with Rails. And I'm like, I've been doing that for the last two and a half years yeah. exclusively and roughly for the last five part time. And he was like, oh, well, that's great. 
I just need to find some work for you to do then. <laughs> had no idea okay. that I was totally ready. So they to. thought you'd have like an onboarding. That yeah. Was a little yeah. Okay. So That's instead, cool. they um, I think they also thought I was better at front end than I was. So that the that mm. that period for learning was just spent learning React and other stuff as well. So yeah, I was also surprised by how bad you are at front end. So. It's truly terrible. Yeah. It's shocking. Uh, I don't. I was bad when it was jQuery. When it was just jQuery, I could I could understand how it worked. I. I Hated Stack it. overflow, copy I, paste. Yeah, exactly. And like CSS, I've always technically understood how to do it, but the idea of actually making something look good is fucking mm. foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, why won't it go there? Have you ever played Flexbox Froggy? No. Flexbox mm. Froggy is the best thing. I, uh, it's a game that teaches you how to use CSS Flexbox. You know CSS Flexbox? Yeah. Is, is that like Frogger with CSS? It's, yeah. So basically, there's uh, there's this large div called Pond. Right, okay. and then there's um, there's uh, different coloured lily pads mm-hmm. and different coloured frogs, okay. and you have to basically type into the uh, kind of uh, CSS editor on the left uh, the correct flexbox commands to make the uh, frogs go in the correct you, to send the frogs home. Basically. Okay. And uh, I played really, that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and it yeah. was like a fun way of learning CSS, which yeah. has never happened before. Nice. Um, and I played that, and I was like, I understand, and then yeah. I immediately forgot everything. Um, okay. But hopefully they're not going to make me do front end that much longer. I've been doing a lot of back end work while I was there, mm-hmm. and the last two months were me just completely unfucking this royally fucked system. Um, on the first of the month, I think I told you about this. The first of the month on move in day, like all of the all the new contracts would start all over the world. Mm-hmm. So we'd go to bed when Australia was starting to move in on the first mm-hmm. of the month, and then we'd wake up and Asia had finished, and and um, then Europe would start hammering it early in the morning, and, and just everyone would, why is this still happening? Um, and, and our servers would just get mashed, and our, like, our... <laughs> there goes a the phone. We are not on top of it today. And we're actually not drunk, that's the problem. Just, we're just I've drinking coffee, coffee and not enough sleep is basically what's going on. Um, but yeah, we had this system that was just getting like royally attacked, and it was ba- uh, basically when you when you move into a WeWork, you get handed a keycard, mm-hmm. um, and the keycard will give you access. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and that thing will give you access to the correct buildings and the mm-hmm. correct you know um, floors and, and everything else. And uh, we have to talk to a third party to enable that because when you actually scan it, it just talks to the third party. We're okay. we're just kind of a gateway to uh-huh. getting the information into their system. Mm-hmm. Um, just like whoever runs the access control system. Yeah, and their API is just a big old piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, their servers are a single-threaded piece of nonsense that we found out kind of fairly late on could only handle twelve requests per second. Any more than that, and they just crash. Um, and those. Uh, oh, wow. So I spent a lot of time basically building, and also our system was synchronous. So we had a synchronous system that was relying on an incredibly shaky server that would fall over when you okay. blow on it, okay. um, which would obviously pass the error back to um, the clients, and they'd sit, uh, well, back to um, our kind of building managers. Mm-hmm. So they'd just sit there clicking over and over and over again, trying to make it work, which adds load, which knocks yeah. their systems over. Yeah, right. So it's a fucking mess. Um, so it, basically in a month or two, me and uh, two or three other developers um, we're just working all day, every day to make that work. The first thing was um, taking all of that logic out of uh, the, this other app because mm-hmm. basically this keycard logic would take down the ID system, which was the main central database of users and mm-hmm. uh, logins like OAuth for all the other systems. Mm-hmm. So every day, every first of the month, that the ID system would fall over, which in turn knocked out every other system. Okay. So first we, mm-hmm. took, we took that little bit and put it into its own app so that when that P 
piece of shit caught on fire, only that piece of shit caught on fire. Right. Um, and then the next month was make it not be a piece of shit, make everything be asynchronous. Um, and we made it so quick and efficient on our end um, that we were knocking over their servers. So we then had to like rate limit yeah. <laughs> based yeah. on, they had like three different servers and we'd have to set up rate limiting for all of them to make sure. So like you're rate limiting their servers yeah. for them basically. But we were also basically um, debugging their servers for them as well because mm. they kept saying, we don't have uh, any problems. Like our servers, mm. they're all responding within um, 30 milliseconds to 100 milliseconds and that's the contract that we've agreed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, most of them are, but some of them, this one took two and a half minutes to give mm -hmm. us a no. Mm -hmm. um, so I basically set up RunScope, put all the traffic through there, mm -hmm. and then recorded it. And it, we found an error in their logging system that basically if their server took too long to respond, their, log, their logs wouldn't track the transaction. Uh, so they're convenient. saying that every single response uh, is really quick because mm -hmm. if it's slow, it doesn't exist. And <laughs> so we debugged their systems, made their systems quicker for all their other customers, I assume, fixed a whole bunch of bugs, made our software really quick, made everything asynchronous, mm -hmm. made everything really good. Um, and that was just two months of, <laughs> so I got to do lots of back-end stuff and yeah. I, I, I was happy about it because I wasn't doing front-end for two months, but now I'm back on bloody React again. <laughs> Yeah. So what's, what's like the future? Is it APIs again? Is it Sinatra, mm -hmm. Rails? What? Um, we are using yeah Rails once again. Uh, there's a few people that use Node, but I don't think Node is going to be used for much in the future there. Um, Why is that? Um, it just... Node apps always end up becoming really messy. Like it's, it's obviously ridiculous to say you can't build clean apps with Node, but it's really, really, really easy to build massive pieces of shit yeah. in Node. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and it's just like convoluted callback, nasty hell mm -hmm. and, and madness. And it is kind of quick, but there's other systems that are quick and they, there's a lot of like concurrency and synchronous stuff, uh, but mm -hmm. you can do that in any language and it just doesn't work very well for us, I think. Cool. No, that's mm -hmm. fair. Yeah, we use a lot of Node now. Most of the new shit is Node. Mm. But it is yet to be kind of like a dictator over how you architect it. Yeah. Because it's very easy for you to mess up. And when it comes to performance, like with Rails, we have some some basic API endpoints would take like a second or two or mm -hmm. four. And most of it was just because they were missing an index. And we get things oh. down to like 100 milliseconds. Okay. And, um, so we're not really chasing 20, 50 milliseconds. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to get from like one second to a hundred and rails is still totally okay for that. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we can, we can worry about other things, but well, if you already have like models and business logic, there, there's no point. Then yeah. And plus we're not, we're not exactly, it's not like it's a, something where there's a lot of attention on a specific service. It's not like billions or millions of people trying to look at a, a certain thing. It's like a known number of users who are in our buildings who yeah. grow at a slow rate. Cause we uh, you know, add a new floor and then we have X many new people come in. So it's lots of services getting You're a small amount like of traffic. Four thousand users in one day. Or right. Something like that. It's um, it's a lot of services getting a small amount of traffic that grows reasonably and doesn't really spike apart from that first of the month issue. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to, you know, if we we could go and recode everything in Elixir to make it twice as fast, but it doesn't help us and it wouldn't be worthwhile. So yeah. sticking with Ruby for now, and when things are slow, we just find out why they're slow instead of trying to fix it with a silver bullet language. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Uh, but yeah, what uh, what have you been up to for the last six months? Uh, so this year we had a really big project to move a lot of our business logic out into a kind of node microservice architecture in certain very chosen places. Um, so basically we took a lot of the business logic and moved it into a radix tree, which is okay. like, um, it, it kind of bubbles up configuration logic. 
So like, you know, say, um, we do a lot of state-based stuff. So it'll be like, in this state, this happens. In this mm. state, this other thing happens. So we'll say, like, the generic functionality is this. But then there's, in Alabama, there's this. Okay. If you're in Alabama, it, like, bubbles that up higher in the hierarchy. Oh, uh, I gotcha. Yeah. But if you don't have that logic, it doesn't bubble up and get generic. So mm. it just gave us a much more structured way to handle all that logic. That was okay. kind of a really big project for the year. And that's done with some production now. Hey. Yeah. Did you, uh, what did you do to celebrate getting it done? Uh, took two weeks off for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good system. Yeah. Which I didn't write most of it, but you know, my guys did. So we, did a, we did a good job though. It, it was, was really, really unfortunate. My celebration for getting all that keycard stuff done was, uh, we got a couple of pats on the back, uh, but then I immediately went off to go speak at that Brazilian conference and I had to work while I was there. So like, we know that you just did a really big job, but can you go and do this really important data analytics tracking job in React where I have to track every button oh. being clicked and every event happening? And I was like, but I'm <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just worked the whole time I was there. I missed a whole bunch of the conference. And I was just sat in a hotel room crying, typing front-end JavaScript. Um, um, so I also did the South Africa, Petri South Africa. You did? Yeah. Uh, How was that? Australia, my business is our last one. I'm not sure. Shit. You've been Maybe. to, yeah, a couple of different yeah. continents since we yeah. last hung out. So that's like one nice thing though about international conferences is it's yeah. a really good excuse to unplug because it's like nighttime here when I'm online. Yeah. So it's like harder to coordinate work. So that's been kind of nice. It's like more the vacation than U.S. conferences because U.S. I'm just working yeah. all the time. Same, same old. Um, do you? What's your conference policy at work? Uh, basically none right now. Okay. I, mean, I just we, so the conference. We have unlimited the conference vacation, your... so I can do whatever. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. And basically, if the conference pays for it. I can go. Okay. I just have to make sure my shit's handled. You know, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. That was the best thing at, at Ride. Uh, unfortunately, Ride kind of isn't a thing anymore it's the second startup in a row I've worked for that was gone, oh, yeah. gone completely tits up that at all because yeah. that's new to you right? well, yeah, br briefly what I was going to say there was just that uh, Ride would offer uh, they had basically unlimited vacation but I never took vacation and that's kind of the problem with unlimited yeah. vacation because it was always in startups it's always the most important time I think I've discussed this before when talking about Capture the other startup that I worked for that went bankrupt but it's always the most important time like when you don't have a version 1 out uh, like when you're young and scrappy and trying to get a beta out, then it's the most important time because you need to get the beta out mm -hmm. as soon as possible so you get investment. And then you get investment and you need to get version 1 out so the investors are happy. So it's the most important time because version 1 has to come out. And then when version 1 comes out, there's bugs and there's problems and there's feedback. And version 1.1 mm -hmm. is the most important time. And it never stops being the most important time. Yeah. Um, we recoded, we had version 2 was the most important thing ever, that was going to save the company, and then version 2 didn't work out, so we're like, fuck it, chatbots, right? And did a chatbot-based <laughs> system, and then that didn't even get finished, and oh. everyone got fired, and it was really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, to, like, oversimplify the situation entirely, but it wasn't, like, a massive failure of the company, it was a really good idea, but it's the wrong time for America to be trying to do a carpooling company. Basically, um, gas is at a 20-year low. Mm -hmm. uh, gas price so it's incredibly cheap um, Americans it turns out don't like the idea of carpooling yeah, they don't like strangers really. being in their car yeah. um, and even if we set, set up like a trust system like Airbnb talk a lot about designing for trust and, mm -hmm. and we started putting pictures in and profiles and stuff we have avoided pictures in the first place because we were worried about people making creeping. all creeping and uh, like biases just like oh, oh black yeah. dude yeah. like that shit happens all the time in other apps. So we avoided profiles for a while, but then we wanted to start making f people feel a bit more trusty and not just having a random person get in the car. Mm -hmm. So we started to do that, but um, people just don't want people in their car. We made algorithms that would make sure that you had 
no more than like five or ten percent minute uh ten percent deviation mm -hmm. so you could just take like in an hour you'd have an extra five or ten minutes added to your to yeah. your route right. and you'd save four thousand dollars a year and people were like nah i don't want someone else fighting in my car like that's mm -hmm. the end of it mm -hmm. um so ride didn't really stand a chance and Whilst there are a lot of other people doing carpooling, um, Uber has really ramped up their actual carpooling offering, not just lift sharing. Um, Waze are trying to do it. Google are trying to do it separately to Waze somehow. Um, everyone's trying to do it. There's like 35 different people trying it. And when Raid started off, there were more like 10. Yeah. Um, so one of those companies would get it done, but it wasn't Raid and that's sad. Um, but I, I do miss their unlimited... Uh, I, I miss that they let me go to conferences um, mm. and basically just say, you go to a conference, we'll cover some of your expenses, get the conference to pay whatever they can. It would usually be half and half, like they'll do flights, domestic, mm -hmm. and um, the conference will do hotels. Um, and then, yeah, like I'd try and get my work done. I'd make sure my team knew what they were doing and didn't need me for anything. and Just go to the conference, do that, mm -hmm. spend a day pissing around wherever we were, and then, uh, and then that was a good mix. But now it's very much like, you have to actually do your job, Phil, which is totally unreasonable. Like, they actually want me to be at the office doing things what? for them that they need by a certain time. I, I don't understand the concept. <laughs> don't they know you're a full schedule? <laughs> right. Like, I've already used I, used... I used up a lot of holiday last year because I'd already booked, like, three different conferences. Mm -hmm. Then I go there and I'm like, ah, yeah, I need to go to Brazil and also wherever the hell, Bulgaria, and I need to go to my sister's wedding and I need to go to this other thing. And they're like, Phil... <laughs> You've just taken a job here and you've been gone for two months. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like, sounds like something you do. Yeah. Yeah. Did I, did I, I told you that when I, um, in between, I missed an interview for WeWork because I randomly last <laughs> yeah. minute went to Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darren Nolan, the lovely bastard that he is, um, he, he made a bet with, uh, Jack, uh, what's, what's Jack's name? Skinner? Skinner? Yeah. No, I won't say Skinner. Jack Skinner. Um, sorry, Jack. Uh, I made a bet with him and a few other people that he could get me to PHP Australia um, along with Ben and the rest of the gang and he completely forgot about it didn't do anything about it and then like a week before just DM'd me and he's like yo Phil you should come to Australia and I was like I can't well I don't have any money I don't want to do that he said no I'll, I'll pay and he just really didn't want to lose the bet so he <laughs> paid me to come all the way to Australia um, and I got off the plane in Australia like 15 hours later or whatever and there was just this thread of emails from the, the recruiter at WeWork. Oh. And she was like, hey, Phil, it's five minutes after the hour. Just wondering if you're still coming to the interview. Hey, Phil, it's 20 minutes late. Where are you? We haven't heard from you. Hey, Phil, everyone oh. left. You're two hours late. People have things to do. Do you even want this job? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. Um, but somehow I still got the job, which is hilarious. No one at the company can believe that. <laughs> Uh, what do you got? Ah, uh, no, it was something else. It's actually uh, I just got accepted to Midwest PHP. Ah, that's all about that. There you go. I went You're there. going for the gangster thumb hook. I don't do gangster thumb hook. You're trying to do a sideways hand. Yeah, I was. Don't like that. Okay, let's try. Uh, oh, you're wiping now. Yeah. Do we, do we yeah, also we'll bump? bump? Oh, we can bump. I think we bump. We'll bump. Okay. This might be the we'll most awkward up. episode. We we'll blow it up. Another born up. I hate handshakes, man. I just want to just do that to people and walk away. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a little gem. See, this is why you want to watch the live stream instead of listening to the audio because you don't get to see how awkward I am on the uh, on the audio. This, I think this might be the first one we've done together in the same room. Maybe. In a while, at least. Well, Actually, yeah, yeah, so yeah, we did like the conferences together. Mm. I guess, yeah, 
Yeah, even when I had people in the room, you were usually in Alabama or yeah. wherever. Yeah. Boo. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's we've caught we've caught people up. We've caught up. Done things. I we're haven't on. seen any questions come through. Because, no one cares. Yeah. Fuck these people. <laughs> we haven't recorded All anything in six months. Why would we assume that anyone gives a shit? <laughs> Bad video settings. Please use a keyframe four seconds or less. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that at this point. No. Oh, wait. There's a chat in here. Whoa. Whoa. Holy shit. Weird cider. Zero ten. Yeah. Bikes. They're talking about cider and bikes. Someone called us white boys. Yeah. <laughs> I need to miss an interview and still get the job. Uh, car pulling company was Ride. Oh, yeah. So it was Ride.com, uh, which was a half million dollar domain that is now useless. Um... I hope they sold they that off to pay people. They actually paid a half million dollars. They had a bunch of money. Yeah, we had we had some Bono money. We had some. Uh, oh. We had some. I don't know. I think Ashton Kutcher was giving us some shit. Yeah, Ray was actually a, like a well-funded thing that fell over. All right, sorry everyone. We totally just noticed that there's a chat room in here. We uh, we're we, professionals. Yeah. Thanks, Amanda. She 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 would do a much better job than I would at being on this podcast. That's a good idea. Actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I guess we can get to that news, right? Yeah. All right, so uh, Phil hates all of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, individually, specifically. Yeah, all specifically all ten of you right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Go ahead. Yeah. So basically, uh, I slowly, one by one, have been kind of removing myself from projects in in the PHP world that I don't need to be involved with anymore. Um, everything is doing a much better job without me. Uh, everyone's much happier, calmer, living longer, um, being less stressed, and being more productive. Uh, the fig's doing really well. Um, yeah. Everything. Most drama is fucking went on yeah. there. It's like smooth, and people are getting shit done. Yeah. Nice I have been. See. Yeah. We, we should come back to that in a bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, I have been really sad that. Uh, the, the fig had so many problems for such a long time, but it's really on top of their shit now. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything is going really well for all these projects, and I don't write PHP anymore, and I haven't for a long time, so I'm slowly kind of backing away from things. And the last two things to go are, uh, I guess, this, and maybe PHP versions, which doesn't matter. And I guess PHP the right way is the only other thing I'm still yeah. vaguely involved with, but those don't really take up any time, and their quality is not affected by how much I contribute. But this podcast has suffered um, because our last one was six months ago, and even before that, it was like one a month instead of one every two weeks. Or yeah. like we we, we really started out not, really strong, and then just kind of it, over the last two years, it's really trailed off. Yeah. So um, it just makes sense for me to call it on call it a day and and step aside for someone better to come in. And uh, would you like to announce who that is? Amanda Folsom will be joining to uh, replace Phil Sturgeon. Yeah. She will be my new co-host. She said no in the chat, I think. No? Okay. (laughs) She's just actually, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Bye. Um, Uh, Yeah, so we will be recording our first episode on the 20th, which is the the day Trump takes office, so we'll just be drunk crying. It'll it'll set the tone going forward. Yeah. Actually, seeing as it's like three o'clock, do you have any beers in the house? We have Jack. Okay. Some Jack. Just, yeah. Should we do? We're going to take a, a, a quick pause because yeah. uh, we have to send send me off in style. Um, but while while um, Ben is doing that, what I you thought want was Jack or iced tea vodka. That second thing sounds terrible. I want the first thing, please. <laughs> um, so what's quite funny is that whilst I was uh, 
trying to get away from PHP Town Hall. That's a terrible way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> whilst, whilst, <laughs> no. So I was, I was looking for, I really enjoy podcasting. Um, and whilst I'm nowhere near professional, it's really a fun thing. Um, and I wanted to keep talking about kind of what I'm working on and seeing as I'm not working on PHP anymore, but I am working on a lot of API platforming things. It made sense to start up an API podcast because there isn't one that I know of that I like. Um, sorry if there is one that's great I'm sure I'll get someone send me a link and they'll call me a jerk for saying I don't like it I just don't know any that, that are fun um, so I'm going to set up a podcast it's called apibusters.com so if you head over to apibusters it's kind of like ghostbusters it's funny right yeah. uh, there's there's a splash screen where you can put in your email address and then I'll, I'll send you pictures of my Johnson every now and then you're paying um, for this advertisement spot <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm paying you with the breakfast sandwiches I bought for you and your friends come on um, so yeah, the, the plan is API Busters is going to be a new podcast with myself and Grace Tan, um, who's another kind of platformy API person at WeWork. Uh, she used to run, she used to run a radio station or a radio uh, show. So she is definitely going to be a bit more prepared than we are. Uh, and she's really smart and I've been working with her a lot. So I'm, I'm excited about the new podcast. Um, and, but what was funny was while I was trying to find a, a co-host. I was thinking through of all the all the API um, evangelists and the kind of really good uh, people I know. Uh, and Amanda Folson obviously stuck out as one of the first people I considered. Um, she's currently writing a book because she's trying to put me out of out of food. Um, and so uh, I figured get her on side would make sense. But she, <laughs> at the same time, I was talking to try and get Amanda to join my new podcast. Ben was also talking to her to try and get her to replace me on this podcast. So we basically had a fight uh, over Amanda, and um, and Ben won. So I'm sad. Uh, I just thought it was quite funny that we were both thinking about the same person. But um, yeah, Amanda's awesome. Yeah, yeah, popped on the show once or twice. I think uh, Amanda did the show that I wasn't there for. I it was everyone was talking about APIs, and I really wanted to be there, but I was in my parents' house in England in the middle of fucking Puckle Church. I'm and, sure, it was our best episode. It probably was. That's also kind of the thing. Like one of the best, most popular episodes is the one I wasn't in. So that's a sign. <laughs> and um, now people are asking about the <laughs> people are asking about the book, and uh, and it's not ready yet. I'm not sure if I even should have said anything. So Amanda can talk about that in the next episode. Uh, but Amanda says in the chat, she's just happy she escaped with both her arms from all the pulling. Yeah, there was it was a vicious fight. Blows were exchanged. Wait, that's probably a bad phrase. That's meant to mean punching, but it sounds like something else. Don't Cheers to, to the end of an era, sir. Mm. All right, she said it's fine to announce it. <laughs> um, it's got to be better than Mike Stowe's, right? I mean, that guy's a hack. Hey, <laughs> he's lovely. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, Zach's finally texting you back. He hasn't texted me because he doesn't like me. Uh, I'll meet you at Johnny Max when you're done. Sweet. All right, let's go to Johnny Mac. <laughs> See, it's like yeah. it's <laughs> so. Hey, the 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 one thing we we're going to talk about. Um, moving on from that that good news uh, is, is the PHP Fig. Now, I know I know uh, PHP Town Hall for a while became like the Fig podcast. It was just we were talking about the Fig all the time. Um, but I I genuinely, obviously, have said a lot of times before that the Fig is really something that's quite important for PHP. And I was super involved with it for a couple of years there, and, and like felt a real connection to it after helping write a lot of the bylaws and personally being friends with most of the people on, on there. 
Um, so I felt a real connection to it, and obviously I was very upset when somebody was just consistently being a problem starter and, and generally making a lot of people unhappy, and, and the fig was really suffering for a long time, and we wanted to do episodes about it at various points along the way. Obviously we didn't want to, want to just complain about one specific person, because I've done enough of that as it is. Um, but there were a few times that something great was happening in the fig, and, and we didn't really get a chance to talk to it, and by the time we kind of worked out who we should get on the show and what we should be talking about, something terrible would be happening yeah. again. And, and so we, we, we tried to avoid it and just talk about the facts. So we had that one episode that was about the HTTP uh, message stuff. And even while there was all this drama happening, we were like, let's just talk about the merits of this, mm -hmm. this message proposal. Um, and we kept trying to ignore some of the drama. Um, yeah, so, like we were both, we really cared about the thing. That's yeah. why it's been such a big topic, right? Because it has... It has made a lot of changes to PHP, and it has a lot of potential to continue to make those changes. Mm. Um, you know, if we didn't give a shit about it, we wouldn't care. Yeah. But, but yeah, we, and we I tried to enjoy, avoid the drama, although we weren't always successful at that. Right. So. And I think people thought that it was just me with a like personal crusade hating a certain person, but when when there's like one person causing all the problems, and you say that you know you're fed up with that one person causing all the problems, that's not me saying I hate this guy, so I'm going to just talk crap about him. It's I don't like the fact that these problems are being created, so we should talk about why they're being created. If the person causing the problems could go away, there wouldn't be any problems anymore. Um, so I'm glad that it's finally got to that position. If anyone is unaware, um, the Fig Three, the kind of the new revamp, uh, the step towards being a more formal standards body. Um, all of that has happened. It went ahead. It had approval from most of the group. Um, there's now a core committee that you know work on certain things, and there's working groups that work on others. And it's the same stuff that was kind of happening in an unofficial hodgepodge way, and it's now officially uh, officially happening. Um, so Fig Three is going ahead, and the person who was causing all of the problems in the Fig decided to throw all of his toys out the pram when Fig 3 was approved and just bug it off, which is great. I don't care if the the cancer was removed or the cancer decided to leave, that it's gone. Right. Um, and, and everyone is much more productive now. It's, it's in a really good place. So I'm happy to see the Fig is, is off and doing well um, by itself. I don't feel the need to be in there fighting for the you know voice of reason because the, the, loud, the loudest, most unreasonable voice is gone. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to be anywhere near it. Uh, I'm glad that it's doing well, and I'm glad that PHP is going to benefit from a lot of really clever people coming together and working on stuff. So it's in a pretty good place. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's been really good to see some progress there. Mm -hmm. Seems like for a while it was all internal politics. Um, yeah. Well, there was a lot of stuff. They're actually putting shit out again. They're yeah. Working on proposals again. Yeah, I mean, for most of the time, there were still things being worked on, just not on the mailing list, so people couldn't see the progress in between the noise. But a lot of things were actually stopped. Like, the, the, the troublemaker was... Uh, he had his name on the HTTP message proposal, and the people working on the message proposal didn't want him involved anymore, but because there wasn't a bylaw saying they had to get, you know... Yeah. There wasn't a bylaw for it. He was basically holding it hostage. He's like, no, this is mine. And they're like, I don't want to work with you. And he's like, well, you have to. And so that actually did stop a lot of the progress. Well, um, yeah, also, too, I mean, it wasn't all Paul. Part of it was just growing pains, too, right? So yeah. the new Fig 3.0, right? It's, mm -hmm. um, it's a big change, and it took a lot of discussion and thought and work to get that in place, which yeah. is where they need to go next. For sure. That, but that wasted a lot of time. That wasn't actual productive technical work. Yeah. Well, um, I think hashing so out... So wasted was... the wrong word. It used up a lot of time. It wasn't technical work. Yeah. But it was needed. It was like a growing pain. For sure. And I was, I was actually impressed that they did it because I thought the Fig 3... Well, I thought that the suggestions that were being made to... Before Fig 3 was kind of an actual proposal that was made, 
Um, I thought that the FIG trying to become a more kind of official standards body was going to be impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that um, the amount of work that would be required to get there would be something that it was beyond people's ability in in the sense of how much time they can commit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it was like, that would be nice, but I'd also like a Ferrari and I mm-hmm. don't think I'm going to get one tomorrow. Um, but with the, the suggestions made by Michael Cullum and the other people that worked on it, they made something that seemed pretty unreachable into something that actually was quite simple mm-hmm. to do. Um, and so they made Fig3 happen. And, and as soon as I saw the proposals, I was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had, uh, had concerns uh, that were valid and there were changes that were made and there were discussions that were had in a constructive way um, that made the proposal be a better thing. And most of the conversations I saw were were constructive and it's totally okay if there's a lot of chat happening but it's all productive and it's all you know it is politics but politics isn't always bad Mm -hmm. right like i wouldn't want the un to fuck off just because i'm bored of the conversations they're having Mm -hmm. um so there was a lot of stuff happening and i was really happy to see that but every now and then there was you know these newcomers are trying to take away our work and pretend they did everything and take credit for our work and like that's a crazy thing to say Mm -hmm. it's just people you know people changing and out and yeah yeah, there's some some people that used to work really hard on it have kind of gone away and some people have got interested in it recently and come along to help like it's not just going to stay the same forever because you want it to be and we did votes and people agreed and now it's better so um Huge shout out to Michael and Larry for that because yeah. they really handled that feedback well and didn't take it personally and got it very yeah. Short. They've they've had a lot of stick because they're they're the names that pop up in kind of pushing all of the politics, mm-hmm. but they're the ones that were interested in making the fig better and they're the yeah. ones that did the job. So yeah. they took a lot of heat. Um, I've I've. I met Michael a few times over that time period and it was like affecting his life. Mm. Like that, that stuff really does, you know, takes up your time, takes up your brain cycles, takes up everything and makes you tired and sad. Yeah. And it's really hard. And well, it's real. It pushing. It's because it's online. It's not yeah. real for you. Everyone thinks someone says something in an email and you're just like, Oh, they're being a massive twat, but never mind, That's fine. You walk away. You, you don't, you, it keeps, it keeps, it stays in your brain sometimes. Like I've gone on like six hour angry bike rides, yeah. just like motherfucker, motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> like listening to music, trying to calm down. I'm just like, I'm going to fucking kill it. And <laughs> usually by the end of the bike ride, I'm happier. But it, yeah. it, the, the fact is that this stuff really gets to you and they've done a really good job despite everyone calling them pricks. People wanted, it's always the same with the fig. Like people want the fig to do more or some people want the fig to do less or people have different ideas of what mm-hmm. it should be. So everyone thinks that the compromise that you make is shit mm-hmm. because you either didn't go far enough or you should have gone, shouldn't have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, shouldn't have done as much. So, um, well done. Well done to anyone that works on the fig because everyone will just scream at you and, and call you names and, and say that you're an asshole, but, but you should helping. totally get involved. It's yeah. great. <laughs> but you should definitely go and help out. Yeah. It, it's, it's a better place now. The fact that working groups are working on things that interest them and then kind of sending it back to at various points to get review and to get uh, feedback and things won't get rushed and implementations have to be made. So like, the PS, uh, PSR cash nonsense won't happen again yeah. because there's a dedicated group of people that are working on it and implementing it in the real world. So if there are any problems, it's not a contrived interface anymore. Mm. It's not some nonsense that someone wrote into a Markdown editor first. It's actually out there in the wild and we'll have thousands of people installing it and using it. And then as that API stabilizes, they start saying, okay, let's standardize this. Yeah. And then you have a great thing instead of some messy piece of complicated crap that yeah. you have to replace with another PSR. Yeah. Um, well, that's... That's great. It's a much better way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well done to them for that. Yeah. Um, was there anything else before we uh, uh, go to Johnny Max? <laughs> I think we're good. Anything else? Anything else, chat room people? 
Oh, uh, Amanda says PSR 16 just passed, so good shit. Oh, I see someone talking about Rammel being dead. That's something I might get into on the API Busters podcast. Uh, That's a good topic. I'm actually recently thinking of switching to Rammel, um, just because... Switching to Rammel? From API Blueprint. Really? So I'm having a bit of a problem, which is uh, contract testing is kind of hard. And I've, what, the way I've gone about things, I've talked about it ad nauseum on my blog and on the internet. And basically, um, I use APA Blueprint because I quite like the syntax. It's simplistic. It works really well. They added Emerson recently, which is their I also approach. Blueprint. Yeah. yeah, I think we're on the same page for that. Um, and Emerson is really good. Like you just list out the fields that you've got, um, and then you kind of give them some types. So you say string, and then you give it a description. And I think APA Blueprint is the best way to create documentation for your API endpoints and your data. Um, but then you also you also get mocking, which is nice as a side benefit, and you also kind of get a bit of contract testing, kinda from the fact that you have Dread. Um, so uh, Dread basically yeah. Dread does. Is nice. Yeah, I've been using Dread. Dread is meant to test your documentation, mm-hmm. not test your system. But the side benefit of doing that is that you are getting contract testing done. So when you change your API you know that that thing should be a field or that thing should be a float. Um, sorry, that thing should be a field. You know that that should be an integer or a float. Mm-hmm. And if like a string number comes out, you're like, whoa, 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 that's broken, right? Mm-hmm. But you want that not just on the examples you happen to have documented in your in your API documentation, but you want that for pretty much like every response. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to go through your tests and, and every single time, right, this should be a string, this should be an array, this should, con- con- this should contain whatever, two items, or could be nullable or is optional or required. You don't want to do that in every test um, so what ends up happening is you'll have like one test that just has this big object that you're comparing, um, and then that's your contract test, and then other endpoints that are in the other requests in that same endpoint might return not that object. So there could be times where it, it will right. return empty by accident, and you didn't know that, and you're not contract mm-hmm. testing, or like there could be some like different, slightly different query that's used that's missing a field, and you don't notice. Like the contract testing is something that's really important, and doing it manually sucks. And doing it with Dread is nowhere near enough. Um, so something that's really good for that is JSON Schema. So API I Blueprint. Yeah, with JSON Schema, it's it's kind of hard and verbose to make, but it's very similar to Swagger. Swagger is based around JSON Schema and JSON in general, okay, but it's not Swagger. official uh, JSON Schema. It's like draft for when they've added bits and they've removed bits and some bits don't work the same. Okay. So like I was I was trying to look towards JSON Schema because if you define things, instead of defining it in Emson, you define it in JSON schema. You can have those schema files in your project. They'll build your documentation. They can be referenced by your tests, and everything is using this one source of truth for your contracts. Okay. You could even like offer those. Um, you could serve those up via a, an endpoint, and your iOS client could download it, so it can validate the forms using JSON schema before it sends them. Right? Okay. Everything can right. use this one thing, mm-hmm. and that sounds amazing. But right now, because I, I document things with um, with APA Blueprint, I'd have to put in a build step that would convert the Emerson into JSON schema and then use the JSON schema in the code. And that feels weird and backwards. Yeah. You know, like having yeah. to run the documentation before you can run the tests. Like, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I feel like the order of things um, for the source of truth is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to the APA Blueprint guys. We haven't finished the conversation. Um, they like the sound of it, but they're just like, well, I'll send a pull request, right? And, like, and mm-hmm. I have a job. Um, they were saying that they might be interested in making Emerson uh, more of a validation thing, so making Emerson be more of a competitor to JSON Schema, okay. um, which sounds interesting, but that might be quite tough because JSON Schema is hard and complicated and verbose and it's big, um, but it's powerful. 
and Emerson is lightweight and simplistic and, and you just say like it's in the right and it's optional. Yeah. Um, so if you try and make something that's simple into something that's really powerful, then you make that simple thing shitty, I think. Yeah. And plus the tooling isn't there. So if I want to use it, I have to go and build a um, Emerson matcher for Ruby, mm -hmm. right? So I can match the JSON that's being output in RSpec to, to that instead mm -hmm. of using tools that already exist. There's already an RSpec JSON schema matcher oh, wow. where you just say, I expect response to match foo.json and that's the JSON schema file. So if we were to go with the define everything in Emerson and then try and match in other places, you're kind of screwed there because it's going to be hard work and you have to build out all your own tooling. Um, and also Emerson, it kind of sucks with Emerson because uh, the, the one fault of API Blueprint is that everything has to go in a massive file. Mm -hmm. And there's a third party tool called Hercule where you can say like, oh, this file, it's like a embed kind of... Mm -hmm. Um, transcode, so it's, it's like putting an image in in Markdown, but it's a file. Um, and so you can kind of hack it and say like, this JSON schema file is in there and just hack it into place, but API Blueprint's JSON schema doesn't define data structures for you. So when you say use this JSON schema, all it's doing is putting it in the response and saying, and it builds the JSON for you and says like, here's the response based off the JSON schema. Um, but it doesn't build that like attributes table that says, here are all the attributes, here's yeah. their optional, here they're not. Yeah. Um, so API Blueprint just can't do, it can't let you define JSON schema files and, and use those. Um, so I thought about Swagger. Some people have kind of warned me against that because Swagger is, um, it's like not official, <laughs> it's not proper JSON schema. It's like mm -hmm. kind of mostly JSON schema. And a lot of people don't realize that and use JSON schema tools and then some shit doesn't work and they're okay. confused. Yeah. Um, so the only one left that I know of is RAML. And Raml uses proper. It can read. Um, it can read JSON schema. And whilst I've always said I don't want to use Raml because it's YAML, and I hate the idea of writing docs in YAML. I hate YAML. If all you're doing, if no longer, if you're no longer um, defining all of the Emsony stuff or the data attributes in that documentation layer, you're doing it in JSON schema. Then all that's left is like there's an endpoint and it has get, and then it uses this file. And you're 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 not writing that much YAML anymore. Yeah. You know, you're just yeah. saying like there's a thing and there and put it over there. And you're writing much more JSON schema, and then the tools are building themselves. And so I want to I want to play with RAML a lot more to do that. But I'm a little bit confused. Um, okay, Swagger can also be written in YAML. Yes, Swagger can be JSON or it can be YAML. Um, but again, my concern with Swagger is it's not official JSON schema, it's kind of mostly JSON schema. And also all of the tools I've seen, all of the, all of the open source tools for Swagger uh, UI generation are mm -hmm. fucking ugly. Mm -hmm. It's like that pet store example that they've had for 20 years or something. Like yeah. it's really bad guys, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Apiary has started to support Swagger. Mm -hmm. So you can have it hosted on, have it hosted on uh, apiary.com and pay a whole bunch of money to access it. Yeah. But there's no like command line tools. Right. The, the API Blueprint command line tools don't yet support Swagger. Mm. And Agilio, the only tool that exists, is well behind because the person kind of stopped working at Agilio or something. Like, oh, I think wow. they hired the guy that made this third-party tool. He worked, He stopped working on it because it was a competitor and it was taking away customers from the paid option. And now it doesn't work there anymore, I think. So just Agilio hasn't been worked on, basically. Okay. So if you use API Blueprint, you have to use APO, uh, Apiary. Mm -hmm. If you use Swagger, you either have ugly fucking tools or again, you have to use apiary. Or, I, I, I don't know, maybe RAML, I guess. I'm kind of sad about the state of... You should just write a new one. <laughs> Problem with specifications is... Yeah, it's weird. So I, I think JSON Schema and RAML are the way to go, based on all of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just haven't dedicated the time to testing that theory. Yeah.
He said he already blogged about it. I don't know what's going on. Don't give it all away. Yeah, fair enough. We should save some of this for API podcasts. Welcome to the first episode. APIbusters.com. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So wonderful. On that note, uh, it's been a wonderful, I don't know, for like four years or something. Yeah, it's been a while. 51 episodes yeah. over the space of four years with yeah. variable frequency and drunkenness. Um, I, I kind of want to get We went through lots of like uh, seasons in our lives over yeah. the time in the podcast. Me just like crying bitter tears about being kicked out of America and going broke yeah. and then coming back and having a good job and then that one going to shit and <laughs> I think all we've done over this from shop. like all over the world at this point I've yeah. done it from every continent that has the internet mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. It's, so been a, it's been a good time <laughs> so next time people yeah